merciful and ever to be adored, Heavenly Father. I ask that thou would bless us as we've come together one more time to focus our hearts and minds on one thing, and that is the blessings that thou hast given us and the glory that, that thou deserves. We, we ask that thou would grant us a clear mind as we've as our bodies are here today we ask that thou would take the things of this world away from it and truly grant it grant us thy presence that that there's nothing but thoughts of thee we ask that thou would Continue to be with this one that is before us. We ask that thou would grant him strength and wisdom. And ask that thou would bless him that he may be lifted up and grant us a message that would be edifying to thy people, but most importantly, worthy of of worship to thee. We ask that thou would be with all those that have been mentioned, all those on the bed of affliction, all those that have found themselves in situations that maybe moments ago were not the case. We ask that thou would be with them, grant them comfort and healing, and help them to return to the state that they were. We ask that thou would especially be with those affected by the recent storms. We ask that thou would bless the families of, that have lost loved ones. And bless the effort to recover. We know that with strength provided by thee, we can return from all that this world can put upon us. We're ever so thankful for that fact. We ask that thou would once again, continue to bless us through this service and grant us thy presence. And we thank thee for all that thou hast given us through this week and, and all that we can look forward to. We ask that thou would forgive us, especially for all of our sins and trespasses, and continue to guide us as we continue through this life and thank thee for all that thou hast given us, but especially for the finished work that thou, that thou son has, has committed for us. We ask these things in thy son's name, for his sake. Amen. Amen. Very thankful for the sweet and humble prayer that has gone before and pray that you continue to be prayerful for the service as we look to the Lord this time together. <clears throat> so many to pray for this morning and yet so much to be thankful for. We see and have heard of prayers answered.
And we know the Lord hears every one of the prayers that are offered by His own. And He does reply. I'd like to read a few verses from the 50th Psalm. The mighty God, even the Lord, hath spoken and called the earth from the rising of the sun unto the going down thereof. Out of Zion, the perfection of beauty, God hath shined. Our God shall come and shall not keep silence. A fire shall devour before Him, and it shall be very temptuous round about Him. He shall call to the heavens from above and to the earth, that He may judge His people. Gather my saints together unto me, those that have made a covenant with me by sacrifice. And the heavens shall declare His righteousness, for God is judge Himself. Hear, O my people, and I will speak, O Israel, and I will testify against thee, I am God, even thy God. Whoso offereth praise glorifieth me, and to him that order, ordereth his conversation aright will I show the salvation of God. Those are beautiful thoughts when we contemplate what the psalmist has shared about who may offer praise glorifieth me. And to him that ordereth his conversation aright will I show the salvation of God. You know, ordering our conversation aright means to have it focused upon God. There's so much conversation around us on a daily basis. And if you're out and about, I know we all are from time to time, it almost seems to become just a dull roar. A lot of it doesn't have much distinction, doesn't have much meaning. And <clears throat> if we're around it very long, it begins to tire us, make us tired. But as the psalmist says, whoso offereth praise glorifieth me, and to him that ordereth his conversation aright will I show the salvation of God. Now, ordering the conversation aright will be, as I've often thought and said, to have words of grace. And that doesn't mean that we are to be a super student of the Bible and be able to quote verbatim or line by line, but it does mean that our thoughts are upon Him such that our conversation does reflect the grace that God bestows upon us. And if our thoughts are upon Him, what we say will be of the Lord, and it will be ordered aright, focused on Him. And in that, we receive a blessing 
that the Lord shows us his salvation. That may be that he shows us his work of eternal salvation in his son Jesus Christ. Or maybe we've enjoyed that many times and understand it to some degree. But you know, the Lord opens that up even more each day that we travel on. That light becomes brighter the closer we get to home. And home is eternal glory. And with that brightness, there's clarity. There's peace that passes understanding. There's order. And it's an order of God. It's not confusion. It's not a complexity. And we begin to see even more of His salvation and His work of salvation upon us. And the work of salvation that the Son of God did, Christ, in the short time that He was here, He accomplished such a great work and so much. And so continuing on, Psalm of David, 51st Psalm, the 10th verse, Creed in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. And so, as the psalmist request is in prayer, Create in me a clean heart, O God. We know that our heart is not clean. The scripture tells us that. We know it by experience as well. We know that there are times that God looked upon man and looked in his heart and saw that even the thoughts of his very heart were evil continually. But the Lord has given us a clean heart in showing us his work of salvation through Christ. And renew a right spirit within me. God does this. God touches the heart. And he renews it. And he gives us his spirit, the presence of the Holy Spirit with us. And as Jesus said, he will come and abide with you and bring all things to your remembrance. And those are the things that Christ said and did. And you know, it's like when a little child, if we can recall when we were children, small children, but if you observe small children, left of themselves, they might get a little rambunctious. But when they know that there's someone watching them, someone who has an interest in what they're doing, they begin to act very differently. They begin to desire what we would call that right path. We all remember when Mama would say, now, when you're over there, be sure you act good or behave yourself. We all knew the consequences if she were to come back and 
pick us up and she got a bad report. We didn't want that. And so to have that good report, and this is a report unto God, not unto men, but it should reflect our focus in, of God in our lives to all that are around us and that we come in contact with. So as the prayer would be, make me to hear joy and gladness that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins and blot out all mine iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit. What more could we desire of a great God as our God? And to know that when we consider that prayer or speak it upon our heart, that God hears that prayer and He responds. He will bless us. He will bless us with a clear mind to seek Him. And He will bless us that our heart might rejoice in the joy of His salvation. And yes, we may suffer for the remembrance and reflections upon our iniquities and our departures from God's path that He has for us. But there may be sacrifices as well. And the psalmist says, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, Thou will not despise. So it's not that we go and sacrifice ourselves literally. That sacrifice in the body of flesh has been made. And it's been made by only one who was without sin and he was pure. But we can have sacrifices when we turn away from speech that is not edifying or honoring unto God. We can have a sacrifice when we turn from the temptations or desires of this world to come closer and to seek God and to honor Him. And to have that broken and contrite heart we may say, well, why would we have that? We will have it the closer we may draw to God because we'll see where we fall short. But as well, more than that, we see how He has blessed us every step of the way when we didn't even know He was there. And that He has led us and that He has done these things for us. And we can be thankful unto Him to see His greatness, to see that which He has done for us that we could not have done ourselves nor any other man 
come and offer what he did. And so the sacrifices that we think we may make, those are not necessarily pleasing unto God, but what is the broken spirit, broken and contrite heart, because it says God will not despise this. He'll not turn away from it. And that broken spirit is when our will, the will of this old man, is turned away and only seeking the will of God. And that's when the contrite heart will come forth. And the Lord will not despise that. How great a God is our God. And how He has blessed us in so many ways. When we think of the grace that He abundantly sheds upon us, we first think, and maybe what our, our thoughts are when the word grace comes about is, by grace are we saved, yes. But the immensity and the depth and the width of that grace, it occurred on the cross at Calvary, but it started even before then. It started long before this world was, before we were here, because He had us in mind then. And He had us in mind that He wanted us to be with Him. And what a precious thought. That even before we were here and had a thought of our own, or even became aware of grace or sin or the need of grace, that God and His wisdom and omniscience loved us and set forth His redemptive work. Why? That He wanted us to be with Him in eternal glory. And that's, that's our home to be. Not yet, but it's there. And He has established this and He's established the way. And we follow that way. And Christ has set that path for us. And so as we look unto Him, we have so much to consider this day. So many that we're privileged and blessed to pray for. Why? Because we've just had examples proclaimed of His saving grace and answers to prayers. How powerful that is. You know, you can go to all the doctors in this world and all the best hospitals, but you know, they can't do anything. They can do many things, but they can't heal the body that they just don't understand. But God can. And He not only heals the body, but He heals the contrite and broken spirit of His children. And He gives us hope. He gives us a glimpse of that heavenly glory. He shines His light upon us. And His light is a lamp unto our feet as we walk through this world. And there's a purpose in that that we will not stumble or fall. And just as it is walking in the darkness, 
You need to have some light or you will stumble and fall. But God gives us a spiritual grace that shines from Him and His glory. And it lights our way. And it brings hope. And it brings joy that is beyond anything this world has to offer. And so the Lord provides what we need every day. He provided it even before this world was formed and we didn't even have an idea of who God was. He provided our need in making us aware of Him because we needed to be aware of God. We need to be more aware of God. We need to dwell in His Word and look at the expanse and width and breadth and height of His encompassing glory that we might be filled with thoughts of Him because the thoughts of Him take us from this low ground of sin and sorrow. They take us to those mountaintops to see that glimpse of heaven to come. They reassure us of what He has done and what He is to do for us. They reassure us most of all that we're not here alone by ourselves that He is with us in all times in all ways and so when we think of some of this we think of the Apostle Paul and God's supply of need I'm going to go over to Romans just for a moment <clears throat> and just take that thought that God supplies our need and every need whatever it may be God's arm is not short God's mind is not impeded that he doesn't know what it is that we need even better than we are ourselves and so looking at the first chapter of Romans when the Apostle Paul is writing this letter to the little church there and in his letters as we know he always had these beautiful opening uh, solicitations or that's not the correct term but his opening remarks but in the Roman letter the first chapter Around the 10th verse. <clears throat> well, let's, let's back up to the ninth. For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayers. How meaningful that is. Paul was remembering this little band at Rome. And he said in... Whenever I pray, I, I remember you to God. How often have each of us had someone come up and say, I've been thinking of you. I've been praying for you. How comforting that is. You don't find that in this old world. That's from God. And His grace is shown abundantly. And His glory shines because 
that one who has said, I've been thinking of you, I've been praying for you. It's a direct evidence of God's presence with them that their heart is focused upon God as well as we're enabled to think upon others, to petition their needs before God on their behalf. Paul would say, First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. For God is my witness whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayers, making request if by any means now at length I might have a prosperous journey by the will of God to come unto you. For I long to see you that I may impart unto you some spiritual gift to the end you may be established. So Paul wanted to see this little band of faithful followers who believed in God as he did. He longed to be with them. And his desire was that he might not bring some gift, material thing, but that he might share a spiritual gift and think of all the spiritual gifts that we find in Paul's writing that God gave him and gave to us. They're still with us. But as he says, For I long to see you that I may impart unto you some spiritual gift to the end ye may be established. And so he's not just wanting to give them just a gift, just to be giving them something. But he wanted to impart a spiritual gift. And he says, for a reason, for a purpose. You know, have you ever had someone give you a gift that was for a purpose? No, no, we have birthdays, we have Christmas, we have all that. But I'm saying, has someone ever given you a gift and said, I want you to have this that you might be able to use it you might be able to grow in some way. You know, when we go through college, perhaps, and uh, the burden of tuition is taken care of, that's a gift, isn't it? And it's with a purpose. That you might learn something that will be needful and useful in life to come. But there are other gifts that we can give with purpose. We can share the same gift that Paul was wanting to share. He says, For I long to see you that I may impart unto you some spiritual gift to the end you may be established. Now what, what does he mean that you may be established? What, established means to be set forth, doesn't it? To have whatever it is in purpose to be satisfied. We may have a home. You may say, well, I've, Paul, I've already got a home. I don't, I don't need another home. I've got a home that's been established for years. He's not speaking of that. He's, he's speaking about spiritual things, isn't he? He's speaking about our spiritual growth. And he said that you may be established. Established in what? That you may be 
established in the Lord Jesus Christ. And you may say, well, I believe in Jesus Christ. I've come forward and joined His church. I've been a member of His church for years. And that's part of being established in the Lord. But you know, every day we should be striving to be more established in the Lord that we might draw closer to Him, that we might become more like Him in our thought, in our actions. And He says, that is that I may be com comforted together with you by the mutual faith both of you and me. And you see, here is a tie that Paul is speaking of that only the children of God can have. When he talks about this mutual faith, now, faith isn't something that we have of ourselves, is it? It's a gift of God. Only by His grace and mercy do we receive that faith. And Jesus tells us that if we have faith even as small as a grain of mustard seed, we can do wondrous things. And we may take that verse and, and interpret it and say, well, I could become one of these superheroes like they show now in the movies. That's not what Christ is talking about. He's talking about those spiritual mountains. He's talking about those adversarial things that come upon us in this life. That when we pray, that we pray with such earnest intent and desire of the heart that God's will be done. That we know that He will manifest His will and that we can bless Him in that as whatever His will may be. For He will show us His glory. And so as He says, that I may be comforted together with you by the mutual faith, both of you and me. And this faith that we have, that we share, faith and belief in the Lord, how precious this is. We often speak of the church of God as being a family. We kind of use that analogy of our natural families and how we love and desire to be with them and enjoy being with them. But this is a family far beyond that. It's a family in the spirit of Jesus Christ. And it has a tie and a bond that never will be broken, but only becomes stronger the closer we get to heavenly glory. And then when we all are brought together in that final day to live together in that glory forever. That pure and unimpeded faith and Spirit of God will be showered upon us. And I think the greatest thought we can have there is that we will be content in Him. There will not be any needs any wants beyond what we have, but we will praise Him forever because we will see and begin to fully understand what all He has done for us and what all He is to us because of His love that He showered upon us in His Son and the sacrifice that He made. And so, as we would continue on, that I may be comforted together with you by the mutual faith, both of you and me. 
For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. And you know, we look at those verses and wonder, how could anybody be ashamed of that? But Paul's not speaking of just being ashamed of something because maybe we couldn't remember a scriptural line or something of that nature. He's saying, I'm not ashamed of it because I've desired it. And I've, I've strove. I don't know if that's the correct term, but I have desired to come closer to my Lord and what He has set before me. And that I might joy in the joy of His salvation. So, the grace of God may abound upon us and He supplies every need, every want. And He keeps the heart and mind in all things because in this life we come under the pressing torment of Satan or perhaps that of the flesh itself. But we have a way to, to be freed of those things, to seek help in that time of need. And the apostle would say in this fourth chapter of the Philippian letter, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Remember early in the ministry of Christ, he would preach, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And it was. He established His church for us. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And here is a scripture that we quote quite often, but it's good for us to contemplate this. And the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Even our hearts and minds are kept and belong unto the Lord. He will keep us in there. Finally, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things. And those things that he speaks of bring joy to the heart of the child of God as we think upon them, because they reveal his grace and mercy upon us. And so as we continue on, let us continue to pray for one another and encourage one another in all things. Let us seek Him and His truth first and foremost and not be ashamed to take on our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Restore unto me the joy of Thy salvation and uphold me with Thy free spirit. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. 
Cast me not away from thy presence and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. What a request that is. And to consider that we enjoy the presence of God with us. We enjoy that and we enjoy the presence of the Holy Spirit. What a promise Jesus Christ made just before He finished His work here. That He would pray the Father and that He would send the Holy Comforter. That the Holy Comforter would bring all things to our remembrance. The things which He said unto us. And so these things have not changed down through the centuries. Day after day, they still hold true. And they brought comfort to His children down through these days. And they will continue until we all go home to be with Him. And what a joyous future that is, if you will, to look forward to. To know that the Lord is with us. And He will abide with us. And bring all things to our remembrance that we need to be aware of and be reminded of. But He also will comfort us. And He will give us a peace of mind and heart, heart that passes or goes beyond natural understanding. Where can you find that in this old world? I don't think you're going to. But we have this blessing of God. And what a blessing it is. As simple as it is presented to us in the way that God gives it to us in His church and how it functions, the simplicity of it, we're made to wonder and amaze. But this is how God works. He doesn't work in great public demonstration. But He works in the heart of His children. And in that work of the heart, His glory shines forth. And we praise Him. And in that, it brings joy to our heart. How thankful we can be. Pray that the Lord will bless you in the coming days until we meet again. Let us be thankful for that which we have and this truth which abounds and has stood until now and will stand forever. It will not change. Isn't that wonderful to have that hope and have that belief and know that it is an assured belief that His truth will not change no matter what man may do, no matter what may come, He is still with us. And He gives us that which we're in need of each day. May the Lord bless you is our prayer. Remember those that have been mentioned. Let us pray for one another and rejoice in the joy of His salvation. God bless you.